Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right. Good morning. How's everybody? It's been a great morning already, hasn't it? We clap a lot around here, don't we? Yeah. I was noticing that. We're clapping for songs and people getting baptized and visitors and everything else. And uh, this is what I think. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right, okay? So we're having a good time here, amen? Hey, go ahead and stand with me if you would. We're going to pray and uh, let's lift our hands to the Lord. That's where help comes from. you never done it before, give it a try right now. Everybody, let's lift our hands. Father, we love you. We thank you for how you've loved us, cared for us. We pause in this moment just to thank you for your goodness uh, this past week, for providing for us, for protecting us, and often in ways that we weren't even aware of. God, you've been just so absolutely good to us, and we thank you. Thank you for ordering our steps, for directing our path, bringing us here this morning. We believe with all our hearts, Lord, that as we seek you, we find you. The church days do, in fact, affect the rest of our days. And I just pray, Lord, that something good and something uh, strong and something lasting would happen for every person in this place today. Lord, I pray for those that might, would be in pain today, that they'd have relief, that they'd have some peace, be it emotional pain or physical pain or relational pain. Jesus, you're the prince of peace. You're Jehovah Rapha, the healer. There's nothing that you cannot heal or fix. And we just say to you, we trust you. We bring ourselves before you today. And now through the teaching of your word, God, I just pray that we'd be fed and we'd be strengthened and equipped. And Lord, I pray that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you'd be pleased and you'd be honored and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. and amen. Help me welcome our, our online campus and our East campus. Come on, a big welcome today. God bless you guys. It's going to be a good one. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, let me... Uh, let you know today we're finishing the series on I Want to Be Better. And next week we start a brand new series called What Happy Families Know. Okay? So here's the first thing that happy families know. That there's no family that's perfect. Okay? And that brings relief from the get-go. And so, uh, but we're going to be sharing some very, very important things. I don't know if you realize this or not, but family has always been and is currently the battleground. It's the battleground. Uh, for our children, for our future, for our nation, actually, and for in so many ways. And so um, get here for this. Get some folks here for this. And uh, we're going to have a very important and good time with what happy families know. Well, uh, as I finish out the series today on I Want to Be Better, I think we all know we want to do better. We need to do better. We can do better. Y'all can do better at that. Yeah, yeah, we, 
We can do better. We must do better. We're called to better. We really are called to better. And I believe that as, and I'm not being slack about this, I believe as God's kids, um, better should be a part of our life. Just how we conduct ourselves, how we work, how we do relationships, how we handle problems, how we handle tough things. Um, and God will help us in this, in this quest uh, to do better. Well, today I want to talk about little things. Everybody say little things. I'm actually calling it little big things because there's some little things that make a big, big difference. And much of better that needs to happen in our life has to do with really little things. So let's think about some little things real quick. Lizards. (laughs) The Proverbs tell us that um, lizards are easy to catch, and yet they sneak past the palace guards. And they're in the palace. This morning when we were doing all the pre-check stuff before service, I was up here. We're making sure everything's working. Everybody's everywhere doing their stuff. And I looked down. I see something on the floor. And Pastor Ryan was standing over. I said, what is, what is that on the floor? He goes, it's a lizard. He said, I think it's dead. And he went, he went over by it. And it was not dead. It was just sleeping. So he went after it. And it went somewhere over into there. So that'll start a revival. (laughs) Woo! It's just a lizard. The book of Song of Solomon says that it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. The prophet Isaiah writes that God can take a worm and thrash a mountain and beat it small. Little things. You can have water at 211 degrees you know what you have? Just some really hot water. But if you up that temperature just one degree, you now can power a locomotive. Just one degree. You can launch a rocket up into space, and if it's off in its trajectory just a couple of degrees over time and distance, you will lose that rocket. So little things make a big difference. Come on, say that with me. Little things make a big difference. Look at this, for example. Let's eat, Grandma. Now watch this. Let's eat, Grandma. (laughs) Just a little comma could rescue Grandma. Come on, say it again. Little things make a big, big difference. Amen. And again, it's the little things. They are often the key to better. We read in the scripture where Jesus fed a multitude, uh, 5,000 men plus the women and children, and he fed them with two fish and five loaves of bread. Here's the thought that strikes me. It is amazing what God can do with little with little things. Guess what? It's also amazing what the devil can do with just little things. So you and I need to pay attention to the little things in our life. Amen? Details matter. It's been said that the devil's in the details. True. But also the divine is in the details. So in day in and day out, I think we need to Pay attention. We're going to look at a number of things today to help us with this. Pay attention to 
detail. Pay attention to the little things. My wife had um, ordered for my daughter Greta, who just had a birthday, these tennis shoes. And they had like a floral print on them, some kind of special tennis shoe. And um, so she ordered them for her birthday, and they came to the house. We're excited. So she opened up the package and looked in there. Nice box. Opened it up. There's two shoes. They look awesome. And then we suddenly realized there's two right shoes. Okay. So details matter. It's little things. It's little things. You can have the nicest car, and you can't find your key. You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. And so little things make a big, big difference. So let's look at a few of these today. Let's look, first of all, at small acts of obedience. Small acts of obedience. Um, let's go right to Second Kings. It says, the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, through Naaman, the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Now, before we read on here, so he began to ask around, what am I going to do? And somebody said, I've heard of a prophet in the land, and he's able to do miracles for God. So we skip now to verse, verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, Simply go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. These verses were brought to you by Clearasil. <laughs> just joking, just joking. Hey, y'all, everybody say little things. I believe this with all my heart. There are little things that can cause huge shifts, massive change. You think you've done all the things. You're looking for something, and there are little things that God will show us to do. And I think so often it's simple, small acts of obedience, small acts of obedience that will make the difference that that you're waiting on, that you're needing to happen in your life. Are you with me so far? Let's look at another little thing, small thing. Church, church. Come on, everybody say church. Not that church is a small thing, but I'm emphasizing the first letter here, the small, lowercase c for church, because you have big C church, and big C church is you and all believers, about 2.2 billion of you across the world. That is the church 
You are the church individually. You are the church corporately together, Scripture says. And so Big C Church is the 24-6 church. It's six days a week, round the clock. That's you all dispersed and distributed all through our communities all over the world. That's Big C Church. And then on Sunday, we come into Little C Church. Everybody goes into Little C Church, or they should. And Little C Church, church days affect what? Affect the rest of your, they affect your big seed church days. Okay? Well, little church, when we come together, here's what the purpose of church is. It's the glorification of God, the edification of believers, the building up, strengthening, and the evangelization of the world. So these are our focus. Now, how we kind of articulate that here. And we talk about it all the time. When we come together, we're going to lift up. Call name, everybody say lift up. This is the glorification of God. And then we're going to listen up. That's the edification of believers. And then as far as evangelization, that's your job, folks. That's your job to go out into be big C. And the number one most effective form of evangelization, what is evangelization? It's that you would somehow get the good news to someone. It's the Greek word evangel. And so it's to get that good news to someone. The number one most effective way, and it has been for a good while now, is what is called uh, relational, invitational evangelism. It's through somebody you have a relationship with that you actually invite them to Little C Church. And after every service, you see that we'll give people an opportunity to actually receive and acknowledge the good news that God so loves them that he gave his only begotten son who came and paid the ultimate price so your sins could be forgiven, so you could be reconciled back to a heavenly father, so you could have some help in this life. And one day when life is over to have a, a home in heaven forever. Amen. So that all happens in church. And we're in a series called Better. Everybody say better. So can we talk? It's just us. But we need to talk about how we can do better at church. Now, it's not really you. It's the first service and the third service. It's at East Campus. Hear your pastor. Sometimes some of you do some little things that might be keeping the water temperature at 211. Sometimes some of you do some little things that might be helping the foxes to spoil the vine. So I'm not going to rant on this, but I just want to mention a few things. And talk to you because of how important this is. Here's a few things we can do better at. When you come to church, don't be playing on your phone. You say, well, what's that have to do with anything? Because it's not just about you. It's about some people around you too. So don't be, well, I'm taking notes. Yeah, I know how that is. But just between you and God, don't be playing on your phone. Uh, potty breaks. We have some beautiful, clean bathrooms. Go before you come in. Well, I can't wait that long. We'll, in, 
watch online in the bathroom or something, you know. <laughs> now I'm just joking. But do you know what happens? Now listen. Do you know what happens when you get up? People watch you. People watch you. Uh, loud candy wrappers. Talking. All kinds of things. like. So I could go on and on. I think you get the idea we could do better. So you might cross your arms and say, so we're getting a lot of rules here now? Just two. And here they are. Don't do anything that would distract or hinder yourself from receiving what God would have for you in church. Here's the second rule, and it's actually more important. Don't do anything that would hinder or distract someone else from receiving what God has for them in service. That's all the rules, folks, okay? We, we can do better. Let's talk a couple more things about church just real quick. And let me put this up for you. Pattern, pattern. Church should be your pattern. I know your life is busy. I know we have travel teams. I know we got uh, events and concert and life was busy and the week was hectic. But the Bible clearly tells us that need, there needs to be a pattern in your life. A pattern that if Big Brother were watching, they go, I don't know what it is, but Sunday they go to church. There's a pattern. And it says you need to make sure that you don't forsake or neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Now, it's the pattern. So this is not to say if you miss a Sunday. I remember growing up, if you dared miss your church, you had to bring a bulletin from somewhere else where you had been, or you would not get your perfect attendance pins. You just try getting into heaven without perfect attendance pins. I'm joking. I'm pretty sure you can get in. But you miss. Maybe you take a week and go somewhere. That, that is all well and good. But what is the pattern? What is the pattern of your life? And don't let the pattern, the habit, the manner of your life be that you, that you skip, that you skip. Oh, we just go every now and then. No, it should be we only miss every now and then. And it should be our pattern. Come on, everybody say pattern. Now let's go serious here, and here's another one, planted, planted. Everybody say planted. Psalm 92 verse 13 says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. This might be the difference. Hear me. I mean this with all my heart. I'm, I fully believe this. This might be the difference in your life. You know, this is the 30th year of, of Meadowbrook Church, and I observe families, and I watch individuals, and I see a difference. I see a difference in people who are planted in the house of the Lord. I watch even how they go through hard times. There's a difference in those that are planted. I can't fully explain it. I don't fully understand it all, but there's a difference because God said, God said, if you get planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish that's, that's something beyond just what you get in the service. That's, that's the pleasure of God, the favor of God that would come to you as you are planted. So I want to encourage you, get planted. Don't just be a church hopper, church shopper, church whatever. I'm chasing the glory cloud. 
I might tell you, yeah, keep, keep chasing that <laughs> cloud. Or I want to go over here. I want to go over there. I want to go over there. You just need to get your, God, where am I supposed to be? And get yourself planted. You know, the difference between a tree, there's a huge difference between a tree and the little potted tree out in front of Walmart. You know, and the difference is that you get planted. You want to be a sequoia or you want to be a succulent? You want to be a tree or you want to be a tumbleweed? And I think really the difference is your pattern in your life and that you get planted in the house of the Lord. Now, let me say something about church too real quick. Uh, You know, watch our culture, listen to the news and so forth. And there's a whole lot, you know, sentiment that's, you know, kind of against Christianity or church, all that. You just hold on because Jesus said something. Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. There'll be church till Jesus takes us out of here. Amen. All right, let's scoot on. Cast your cares. Come on, everybody say cast your cares. How many of you know little things can build up? Little things can build up and crush you. You do know you're supposed to take your trash out every now and then, right? Because if you don't, it'll build up and it will stink up. And so you need to regularly take your trash out. And sometimes, depending on what the trash is, you need to take it out a little more regularly, okay? You know, uh, sometimes Lee and Katie and the kids are over at the house, and uh, we haven't done diapers in years, but I'll, I'll walk in the kitchen and go, what is that? And I realize there's a diaper in the trash. So guess what? We're going out right then. We're not waiting till tomorrow for that to further permeate the home, right? Well, guess what? There are things in our life that we just need to cast. Get those things out and sometimes a little more frequently get it out of our lives. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. I've highlighted this word care. So the New Testament Greek word marimna, marimna, and it simply means this. And we talked about it during the anti-anxiety series. It means that care, here's what it actually means, is something that will divide, uh, rip, and tear apart. So when we carry cares, it divides our mind, our soul, and it rips us apart. So you have to cast your care over onto him, and he's glad to help you with that. Look in Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord. The Old Testament Hebrew actually has the idea of rolling the weight of that that's on your shoulders to roll the weight of that over onto the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you for he shall never permit the righteous to be moved or to be shaken. And so this word sustain here means to support and nourish and provide. So when we get the, the burden, the care off of us, we will sense as a response to that the sustaining, nourishing, provisional power of God in our lives. So it's all well and good to say, cast your cares. But how do we do that? How do we cast our cares on the Lord? Here's the way I do it. I have to verbalize it. Maybe that's just the way I'm wired, but I think it's the way you're wired. You do well to verbalize it. So every morning without fail, without fail, every evening without fail in my prayer time, and then often several times throughout the day, I would just simply say, Lord, I cast all my cares over onto you. I cast every care 
over onto you. I cast every care over onto you. Come on, say it with me. I cast every care over onto you. And sometimes you need to name what you need to name. So sometimes I can just say all this garbage, God, all these things weighing, I cast my care over onto you. And sometimes you have to name a few things. And Lord, especially this, this is weighing on me right now, or them, or that, or what, what's coming up. Lord, I cast the burden, the weight of that. I cast that over onto you. It's a very powerful, spiritual thing to verbalize that and cast your care over onto the Lord. Next one is this, forgive. Forgive. Come on, say it. Some of y'all are afraid to even say it. Just say, forgive. Understand this about forgiveness, and it's something that needs a lot of teaching because this is a real sticking point for folks. When you forgive people, you're not letting them off the hook. You're putting them on God's hook. You're giving yourself a gift that you're no longer carrying, waiting for them to make this right. Waiting for them to pay me back. Because, sweetheart, that may never happen. And in the meantime, you need to free yourself, give yourself the gift that you forgive people, that you let them go. Because you know what? If you don't, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, says this, that a root of bitterness can start to spring up. A root, that's just a little thing, right? But it starts to spring up, and that root of bitterness, says, causes trouble and defiles many. And so if you're not careful, it starts to just overtake you. It can go on for generations, There's grudges that can just be passed, a whole spirit of unforgiveness, and you need to break it out of your life. So every morning, every evening, and often several times throughout the day, I will say this, Lord, I forgive everyone of everything. Say that with me. I forgive everyone of everything. And then I add on this a lot of times too, and Lord, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. And sometimes you could just in general... Forgive everybody of everything because everybody, you know, can get on your nerves. Lord, I forgive them all. And then sometimes you have to come back and name them. But especially, I forgive so-and-so. And there's power in doing that and in forgiving. Amen? Just a couple more here. Here's the next one. Ask. It's just a short little word with three little letters. Ask. The book of James it says you do not have because you, because you do not ask. I'm gonna, uh, let me be vulnerable for you. This happens all the time. Now, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. But I, there's something I'll be thinking about, stumped on, worried about. And then when I am kind of pondering that, sometimes I'll sense the Lord say, you never asked me. <sighs> well, since we're here. <laughs> and it is amazing to me, seriously. I say, oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking I was smart enough, strong enough, whatever, to handle this, because I'm not. God, I need your help with this. It amazes me. In short order, I've got help. I've got an answer. I've got something. Jesus made it real clear. He said, ask, seek, knock. And to everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And him, to him who knocks, it what? It, It'll be open to you. Why don't we do this? It's just a a little thing that we need to... You need to ask God daily, I I need help for this. I need wisdom about this. 
my work situation's a little weird right now. And so, God, I need you to work in that atmosphere, in that situation. My, my finances are, I, I need some friends. Or, or you know, I, I've got a difficult situation here. Or I'm dealing with temptation or distraction. God, I, really, I, need, I need you to help me. And he said, just ask me. Just ask me and, and he will help with those things. You need to ask God to show you what you need to start, what you need to stop, what you need to adjust, and what you need to continue. Ask God, show me. God, show me what I need to start, what I need to stop, what I need to adjust, what I need to continue. And he'll show you. I heard about a, a young man. He was wanting to be an entrepreneur and business, uh, businessman. He'd saved up money, and he bought a store that had gone out of business. And he said, perfect location. So he renamed the store, remodeled the store, restocked the store. He uh, did an advertising campaign. There was great buzz in the community about it, counting down to the grand opening. And uh, grand opening day came. He's so excited. No one, no one came. A few people slowed down and kind of looked in the window, but nobody came. He's just heartbroken. Day two, same thing. Day three, same thing. He's so discouraged. He's heartbroken. He goes out, goes out the door of the store, goes out front on the sidewalk. He goes, God, what is wrong? What is wrong? Just show me. Just show me something. He waited. He heard nothing. Discouraged, he turned around, started to walk back into the store, and then he saw it. <laughs> Little things can make a big difference. Amen? Let me share two other things just real quick with you. Whisper. Whisper. Whisper what, Pastor? Jesus. Sometimes it is so loud and chaotic, I just have to whisper. And he is as close as the mention of his name. And there are times, hey, listen, my life, your life too, you know it. You just feel like everything's closing in on you. You feel like you've lost your center. You just feel like it's crowding you. Where is my peace? And I've just found that I can just whisper, Jesus. Do it with me. Jesus. Jesus. Do it one more time. Jesus. That's the name that's above every name. Did you know this? He's the Prince of Peace. I sense peace come back. I feel like I got recentered. It repels fear. It repels darkness. It repels the enemy of your soul to just whisper, Jesus. Come on, do it with me again. Jesus. Come on, one more time. Jesus. East Campus, do, us, do it with us, everybody. Come on, one more time. Jesus. So things can be going on. Three years ago when I got, got hurt, I'm laying on the ground. I'm in pain like I never felt before. EMTs are working on me. Family is showing up. I don't know what's going to go on. What's going on. I don't know. It was kind of that bad. So in between answering questions with the EMTs that were working with me, I just whispered, Jesus. Sometimes I yell, Jesus! 
And that's okay too. But I find day in, day out, traveling, working, doing all the things that we do. Jesus. And don't be a weirdo. Okay, you don't have to be weird about it. It's just you and your Savior who is ever-present and all-powerful. Jesus. And sometimes just when things are so beautiful. Jesus. Amen? I got one last one for you. One last little thing, and it's this. Hugs. Hugs. You need hugs. Some of y'all immediately did this. You especially need hugs. There are numerous studies, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, you need hugs. You need them every day. Studies show that you need three just to survive. You need six to maintain. You need nine to make progress. You need 12 to thrive. Some of y'all have not been getting your hugs. You need hugs and a Snickers bar. I mean, some of you. So listen, you say, well, my life, I don't have enough people around me. Exactly. You need people, right? You need to get in a group. You need to, hey, if it's really bad, swing by here during the work week. We'll get, we'll line up staff out there to just, 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 we may start having hug days that you just, just come and get hugged. And listen to me, don't be creepy. Don't be creepy with people, but we need each other. We need the safe. You know, some of you never had father hugs or mother hugs that, that were healthy or present. You haven't had brother hugs or, or, or sister hugs or friend hugs. You need this in your life, and it's a real boost to you in so, so many ways. It's just a little thing, but you know what? I find, I find that it is such a help in people's lives. I pray that before you leave here today, I hope you've already had some hugs, but before you leave here today, you get a couple more hugs and then work on it all week long. Amen? Amen. And don't be creepy. (laughs) Little things can make a big difference. And in our call to better, a lot of times it's just little things. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good deal. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.